0: Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. Are you pro-life? Do you want to do something about it to help prevent abortion? I hear from people every single day, I'm pro-life, but I don't know what to do. I want to change my job start volunteering what can i do well here's one way today i will share with you that you can make a difference right now we are facing issue one in the state of ohio The people will vote and they will vote to determine whether or not there's a right to abortion in the state constitution not just a right to abortion this is much more going on just like california vermont and Michigan. If this issue won in Ohio, the people will vote on to make an amendment to their state constitution, if it passes, then this will give not only a constitutional so-called right to abortion through all nine months of a woman's pregnancy, possibly even killing children after, but also the right of a child, a minor, to go through with bodily mutilation, that is with a so-called sex change, so-called therapeutic treatment, such as cross-sex hormones as well. All of which, whether it be an abortion, cross-sex hormones, puberty blocker, sex change, can't change your sex, but you can go through damaging plastic reconstructive surgery, you would be able to do that as a child without parental notification and without parental consent. Joining me to discuss this from the front line is my friend Mary Rose Short. She's the regional field director and volunteer door knocker out there in the state of Ohio. She packed up her bags from California and has moved to Michigan to fight to protect human life, both for babies, women, and children who are vulnerable to this outrageous governmental overstep. Now, someone might say, well, if the people vote and choose well, there you go. That's the way the vote went, such as in California, Michigan, and Vermont. But that's simply not true. What's happening from state to state is that people don't know what they're voting on. It's extremely misleading and confusing. And so joining me now to discuss what's happening in the state of Ohio and what you can do to help is Mary Rose Short. Mary Rose, welcome to Trending. Thanks for having me on. So let's talk a little bit about what issue one is in Ohio. Very similar to what was passed by majority vote in California, Vermont, and Michigan. What are the key elements?
1: Um, it's a, an amendment to the constitution, so it would not be able to be limited by a vote of the legislature or a vote of the people, because it would be a right in the constitution that shall not be infringed. Um, so it would create a state constitutional right to abortion, well, to reproductive decisions, including Mm -hmm. but not limited to abortion and a whole list of other things, which is not exhaustive, as it says. And then not only would an individual have a right to obtain these things, but whoever is providing or assisting in them would have a constitutional right to do that without having that right infringed. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolute freedom to experiment on children's bodies, to kill women's babies, to cover up for statutory rape. And we could go on and on with what's frightening. So it's creating a state constitutional right to abortion up to birth. And then it's also making it so that minors would have a so-called right to an abortion without parental knowledge or consent, and even sex changes or cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers. This is frightening, Mary Rose. And I admire what you're doing. You dropped everything. You moved to the state of Ohio for a couple months to make a difference. Why do you think, unlike California, Michigan, Michigan, and Vermont, there's hope here?
1: There's hope for a few reasons. I mean, it's just interesting coming here to Ohio from California that people are much more family-oriented in a lot of ways. They understand that, right. that parents have a responsibility to their children and that parents should have jurisdiction over their children where the government should not and so that's that's something that's hopeful but as you said people don't know what they're voting on necessarily so a lot of people unfortunately are thinking of it as more of a simple yes no to abortion just in general and not realizing um the parental rights aspect so that's a huge part of what we're doing is raising awareness about how broad and extreme the amendment is
0: this is what's neat about. I think, fighting these amendments and why these amendments should not have passed in, for example, Michigan, Vermont, and California. And to be clear, we're talking about issue one in Ohio where we need to see a no vote to make sure there is not a ratified constitutional right to abortion put into the state constitution there in Ohio. Mary Rose, it seems very common sense. Even if you are pro-abortion, most people don't want two things. That's late-term abortion and a loss of parents' rights. And that's exactly what this constitutional amendment would do you are on the ground hearing the reaction of most people do you think most people have any idea of what this vote is and are they open to hearing if you give them a different perspective and sharing all that is actually in this constitutional amendment that they have the opportunity to vote on
1: well i can't speak for every voter obviously (laughs) but what they have where we're going door knocking is we're specifically working on targeting more moderate voters so that we don't waste our time talking to people who already agree with us or people who will never agree with us. So we're, we're trying to reach the mushy middle. And for those people that we're going to, they are generally very upset when they hear about the parental rights, even though most of them support some abortion to a certain extent, and some of them are okay with abortion through all nine months. But it's really the, the, the taking kids away from their parents, taking, giving kids this absolute right, to make their own reproductive decisions is what really appalls people.
0: Mm. Let's talk a little bit more about what people can do, because I want to hear some of your stories in a few moments here, because you're going door-to-door knocking, you're helping with phone banks, and maybe people are saying, hey, I don't live in the state of Ohio like me. I live in California. I can't do anything, it's another state, but that's not true. And I think that that's what's exciting about this. When you reached out to me last week, you said, hey, you don't have to be in California to help out. So whether you're in the state or out of the state, what can people do to help to get a no vote on Ohio's issue one that the people of Ohio will be voting on in just a couple months here?
1: Well, first of all, if, if someone is in the state, we need you as a door knocker. Just to go and talk to voters, and again, just let them know how extreme it is. And we don't run into a lot of anger um, because we are targeting the more moderate voters. Um, So it's it's not as intimidating as it may sound. But then anyone anywhere in the country can do phone banking for us, and it's the same thing. We're working on these these more middle ground voters, just alerting them to how extreme it is, and and then later on we'll be working on getting out the vote for people who committed to vote no to make sure they actually go go and vote. But anyone can do the phone making from anywhere in the country, and we just need to really spread the word, because as it is, the pro-abortion side is doing a great job of making it sound like it's all about women's health and that women will die, as they always claim that women will die if we don't expand abortion. So what we need to do is push back about what the truth of what's actually in this amendment.
0: Now, to mention the fact that children will die from the manipulation of their bodies the bodily mutilation the suppression of hormones that leads to depression i mean so much could be said on this issue it is heartbreaking that this passed and has become the law of the land in michigan vermont and california we are having our states where the people are voting for the first time in this way on abortion and it may seem disheartening to some people mary rose that the people are voting in favor of abortion but like you said it's not just a yes no to abortion people don't realize it's allowing for Abortion through all nine months of a woman's pregnancy and getting into the waters of the gender debate and ultimately taking away parents' rights and engaging in experimental treatment on children that we don't know the full ramifications of. And those things that we do know about with regard to puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones are very damaging for children to do. So you said people can phone bank from anywhere in the world to help with preventing issue one from going into effect being a state constitutional amendment in Ohio, but you also said door knocking. So if you're in the state of Ohio, what does door knocking look like for people if they were to volunteer their time?
1: We work from an app um, that then, so you would sign into the app and walk books would show up for whatever area you're interested in walking and it's pretty straightforward you click on the little houses you get the name or you get the address and then you ask a couple of questions at the door so when I go to the door and I was just got back from from door knocking this evening um you so they open the door and you say hi how are you doing we're here to talk to people about the election and we have two questions for you about issue one Issue one would amend the state constitution to create a right to abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. Most Ohioans support some limits on abortion, but this would allow it through all nine months. Is that something you're okay with? And then depending on what they say, they could say yes or no. You say, oh, that's, you know, say they're pro-abortion. You say, okay, that's interesting because most, as I said, most Ohioans support some limits. And then... You go on to the second question, because even people who are pro-abortion could be swayed by the second question. So then you say, the other thing that this amendment would do, because it creates this unrestricted right to abortion through all nine months of pregnancy, and it's not limited to adults, minors would also have this right. They would have a constitutional right to have an abortion without their parents' notice. Is that something you're okay with? And then most people that we talk to say no. So then we ask, well, would you consider voting no because of that, that part that you disagree with? And then at that point, most people will agree to vote no. So it's very simple, and you can, you know, you don't need to follow an exact script. But we try to ask those two questions. So then, when we can follow up to make sure they get out to the polls and vote, we know which point to emphasize, which they care about more. Mm -hmm. So and then we record their answers in the app as we walk away, or if they're not home or they refuse to take the survey, that's all recorded in the app, and then that the information it all goes back. So it's 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 a pretty streamlined system, and has come a long way from the old days when we had paper walkbooks. Um, but it's, it's pretty straightforward and kind of, it's fun to see the colors change on the little houses to show what answers you got and you can see your work.
0: This is fundamental to what's happening in the battle over abortion. And it's so simple, Mary Rose, you ask a couple of questions you download the app You follow the walk book. And I really recommend, don't do this alone. You want to do this with groups of people. I think that's helpful. Can you mention a little bit about safety for people maybe who might find this to be a little radical? And I'll just share, Mary Rose, you know, you and I have grown up and done activism together for years on the pro-life front so this might seem a little more normal for us yet you know my husband marrying into my family in my background it's startling it's something different and a lot of people are concerned about safety especially on the issue of human life over the last few years can you speak to how door knocking has been going from that perspective and any precautions that people may need to take
1: Oh, absolutely. We If someone volunteers um, through the Created Equal link, which we'll mention here later, and I'm sure Timari will link to it, um, you will get a personal email from someone working on the team who will then connect you to local door knockers in your area. So not only will you get some online training, you will also meet with someone who will go with you. And you can always door knock in a group if you want. I mean, not that you would have a group going up to one door, but that you would have two or three people working the same street, or you can even have two people going up to a door. I mean, you don't want to intimidate people by having a whole group. But we usually work in teams. It's just more fun. It's more efficient to work opposite sides of the street. And it is a little safer. I've gone by myself a number of times. I don't go out after dark, obviously. But um, I have not felt unsafe on my own. Um, But it is there is a camaraderie that is good when you have a group. And so we do encourage groups to go out together.
0: Last year, I was living in Michigan when the state of Michigan was facing a similar constitutional amendment. And it was a joy to see, for me, people volunteering to go door knocking uh, as something they had never done before, but they knew this was important. I need to go and have these conversations. And their eyes were open to the fact that by having these conversations, even though in the state of Michigan, the constitutional amendment passed making this absolute right to abortion. At the same time, they saw that individual one-on-one conversations had an immense impact on people's view of abortion, which is what I want to get to in just a few moments here. Briefly, Mary Rose, if you can speak to if someone wants to get involved with phone banking, and we're going to post links to Created Equal and how to do that on my social media in the episode notes. What would it look like from anywhere in the country to get involved in phone banking to talk to people about voting no on issue one in Ohio?
1: Well, we would send you a very detailed step by step guide to get started. But it would also start with downloading the app. And then it would go the through a series of prompts where you would fill out answers if the person doesn't answer then you hit a button and it leaves a pre-recorded message for their answering machine or if you are able to start talking to them a little script pops up on the phone to remind you which questions to ask as they answer you fill it out and it goes to the next screen so it's very it's as simple as it, as as we can make it um, mm-hmm. but you yeah you can do it from from anywhere as long as you're calling within reasonable Ohio time zone <laughs> hours <laughs> and yeah we would again reach out to you personally make sure you're you're connected and if you have any tech problems or any other questions we have a whole team waiting to waiting to answer so that we can get everybody out there reaching these undecided or these moderate voters because that's what will change the election the other pro life mm-hmm. activism that Timmy and I do regularly that's that's changing the culture right now we just need to win an election we need to beat back the pro boards and that means convincing moderate voters, that the no vote is the moderate vote, which it is. Abortion will still be legal up to 22 weeks in Ohio, but we need to show that to people and bring people into this middle ground, which is the no vote.
0: So that's a no vote on issue one in Ohio. We need you to speak up. If you're in the state of California, not California, the state of Ohio, we need you to go door knocking. It's easy. You download the app. You get training. You walk the neighborhoods. We're posting links to Created Equal, where Mary Rose Short is a regional director for volunteers and door knocking. I admire what she's doing. She packed everything up from the state of California, moved to volunteer in the state of Ohio right now, working with Created Equal, who is mobilizing currently volunteers volunteers. In efforts to prevent issue one from passing. So, again, we need a no vote. Mary Rose, the website for those people who are interested in getting involved and learning more is createdequal.org forward slash abortion amendment. That's createdequal.org forward slash abortion amendment. I'm posting a link to that in the episode notes as well as on social media. Just follow me at Timory, T-I-M-M. E-R-I-E, where we're also tagging created equal as well on social media. It's very simple to get involved. And I'll just share, I started phone banking when I was about 10 years old. Like Mario said, it's simple. You just press a button if you want to leave a voicemail if the person doesn't answer. It's a pre-recorded voicemail. Otherwise, you have a couple key questions you're asking. You follow the script. Anyone can do it. So maybe you're saying, hey, it takes time I don't know if I have time or I don't know what to say. This is really easy. You can do it on your time. And you have the script there for what to say. So createdequal.org forward slash abortion amendment. I'll be right back with Mary Rose Short, who has some pretty incredible stories from knocking door to door and phone banking in the state of Ohio fighting against issue one that would lead to a state constitutional right to abortion up to birth and taking away all parental rights, leaving minors able to have not just abortions but cross-sex hormones, puberty blockers and a sex change if this constitutional amendment passed. So we no vote in the state of Ohio. Get out there, talk. You don't have to live in the state to change a life or save a life. I'll be right back with Mary Rose Short to talk about the real stories of people's hearts and minds being changed just by these conversations from door knocking and volunteering at phone banks. You can do it on your time. We'll be right back with Mary Rose Short. So what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Are you pro-life? Do you want to do something about it but don't know what to do to help save a baby, help save women from the horror of abortion? Well, there's a lot that we can do since the overturning of Roe vs. Wade. State to state, we are facing a battle over permissive pro-abortion laws that kill children and hurt women or increasing pro-life laws restricting abortion in our state the current battleground among many others is the state of ohio issue one in ohio is where a fight to the so-called right to abortion If this issue one that the people will vote on in November passes would lead to a constitutional amendment where there would be a right to abortion through all nine months of woman's pregnancy, along with a right to a sex change treatment, cross-sex hormones, all of this you could have from the abortion to the sex change. But you can't change your sex. You can just go here with plastic reproductive plastic surgery, Uh, but what it would lead to is this would be without parental notification or parental permission. This is frightening. It's taking away parents' rights. Everyone can agree that parents should still have a right to know at the bare minimum, and practically everyone agrees that abortion, late-term abortion, third-term abortion is not something that they are in support of. So, as Mary Rose has been sharing with us here on Trending, it is the moderate vote and we can get people who are maybe in the middle ground on this issue, who are even pro-abortion, to vote with us with a no vote, to not give this right to abortion in the state constitution. Mary Rose Short is the regional director for volunteer door knocking. She packed up her bags from the state of California and has moved to Ohio for a few months to volunteer with Created Equal, who's mobilizing volunteer efforts. Mary Rose, even if this passes in Ohio, what's happening with the door knocking and the phone banking efforts is that one-on-one conversations are occurring to change the hearts and minds of people on the issue of abortion. Can you share with me how this has gone for you? I know that you've talked to tons of single people, couples. What have the conversations looked like for you?
1: It's that's one of, one of the things that is intimidating about door knocking is you just don't know what someone's reaction is going to be, but, but even though they usually turn out favorably and there was one, I mean, one conversation in particular that I will always remember. Um, I approached this man in his driveway and he was kind of an intimidating looking guy, Um, but his his house was on my list. So I had to walk up there and I, I asked him, My told him I was talking about the election, asked him my first question about issue one, which is that it would allow abortion through all nine months of pregnancy and make it a right. And I asked if he was okay with that. And he said, yes, he was. And that he believed in women's choice. And then his wife came from from the yard to talk. And she also said she believed in abortion and had no problem with it being through all nine months. Um, They agreed that late-term abortion was killing. I mean, I didn't even ask them that. They volunteered that they thought late-term abortion was killing, but as the husband said, he thought it should be on the woman's conscience and not against the law. And then his wife actually said that she had had an abortion, um, but that it was it should be a woman's right. So then I, you know, I said, okay, well, let me just tell you what the other thing issue one would do. It would give minors a constitutional right to have abortions without their parents being notified. Is that something you're okay with? And they completely flipped. They were absolutely appalled. They thought that was completely wrong. And the wife shared that, as she put it, her first abortion had been when she was a minor and mm-hmm. that it was extremely important that her mother was there. And I was kind of fumbling. I was surprised at how much information they were volunteering to me. And so I said something about possible adverse um, you know, physical effects after an abortion and that that might be why it would be important for the parents to know. And, and the wife kind of cut me off and, and touched her head and said, no, no. The mental effects, the mental effects are why the parents should know, and so she's obviously still struggling after her abortions, mm-hmm. um, and she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to say abortion is wrong because of what she right. did, but she does see how destructive it is to a woman and to a girl, and that's why she thinks parents should be involved. But that's just an example of the people we're reaching. If it was, if it was just a vote, yes, no on abortion, they'd be all on the abortion side. But the no vote is the one that just beats back the radical pro boards. It's not, it's not a pro, it's not a a pro life vote necessarily to say, to say no. It's just the vote to say no to extreme pro abortion Mm -hmm. agenda. And that's what we're asking for. That's all we're asking for in this election is to say no to the extreme pro abortion agenda.
0: And yes, to parents' rights. Yes, to protecting that fundamental bond between parents and children that kids can't just go behind their parents' back more than they already do in this permissive media culture uh, with literally life-changing and damaging surgeries from cross-sex surgeries to so-called surgery of abortion that, kills a baby and leaves a mom without her child. I love this story because it speaks to the reality of the wound of abortion, Mary Rose, and that every woman who's had an abortion, even if she's still pro-abortion, wants people to know the truth. And so here you found common ground the effects of abortion mentally still linger for her. And it's a great opportunity if you're there to also, if you have that information, to pass along healing for post-abortion healing. Hey, I know someone who's had an abortion too, and this healing program has been helpful talking about Rachel's Hope and Healing, which we'll po- post a link to if you or someone you know has struggled with an abortion and you want to find healing to move past that wound. there's There are great resources. So we'll be posting that in the episode notes as well. And just a moment, what other stories can you share with us, Mary Rose? Because you were talking to people every single day, knocking on doors. How are you seeing the mo- the needle push more toward a pro-life position in light of this door-knocking campaign in the state of Ohio?
1: Well, that's, I, I, there's two things, actually. One is uh, there's a study I just saw yesterday or today that was done on what people think an abortion is. And so they were asking them about, for instance, miscarriage treatment and ectopic pregnancies and abortion and asking people how they classified what an abortion was. And people are very confused. They're all over the board on it, which is how the pro-abortion side wants them to be, to class it all together as abortion. So that's part of what we actually end up doing at the door sometimes is someone will say, well, what what if a woman's life is in danger or you know, something like that, and we can let them know, well, under current Ohio law, if a woman's life is in danger, she can get whatever, whatever treatment she needs at any stage of pregnancy. It's not, it's not you know, going to come down to she has to sacrifice her life for the baby. That's not the case. So that's part of, part of what we are able to do is just, again, oh, combat okay. a little bit of the misinformation that the pro-abortion mm-hmm. side is, is constantly spewing.
0: And that's exactly why most people today, I would say, are pro-abortion is the misinformation that they think that in order for a woman to receive basic medical health care, in order for a woman to receive life-saving health care, that abortion has to be legal. And that is an outrageous lie. How have people responded to your helping to clarify that? Do they believe it? Do they still kind of have
1: questions? Most people, I'm, I'm fascinated. Most people are very grateful Even the people who are still leaning, they think they're going to vote yes. Still, when I hand them our little flyer that has the actual language of the amendment on it, and say, "Well, you know, as you continue to do your research, here's. Let me just give you this. It has the actual language, so you can see how very broad the language is." And people are really, really grateful to be to be able to make an informed vote, to be alerted that there's other stuff being squeezed into the amendment and nobody seems surprised by that that's the thing as soon as you tell them they're pushing the other stuff in the amendment most people are like yeah i should have guessed but they're not going to go do the work on their own until you bring it to their attention so that's why it's so critical that we reach these people before before the election's over because early voting starts october 11th it ends november 7th and then it's over mm.
0: So we are on the cusp of starting voting season. We're just less, little more than a month away from the results on what will happen in the state of Ohio on on issue one. It's a pro-life vote to vote no against a constitutional amendment that would give a so-called right to abortion through all nine months of a woman's pregnancy, along with sex change treatment, so-called treatment, all of which without any parental approval or notification, cutting away at parents' rights. Mary Rose, I'm so thankful for everything you're doing on the ground. Again, if people want to get involved, can you remind us where to go and what they can do from home or there on the ground in Ohio?
1: Yes. If people go to createdequal.org issue one, that's createdequal.org issue one, and that's number one there will be a volunteer forum and you can check if you're interested in door knocking, if you're interested in phone banking, if you're interested in both. And someone from our team will reach out to you directly. And if it's door knocking, we'll connect you with a local team for on the ground training. And if it's phone banking, we'll get you set up with the app and you could start anytime. And we, we just really need the help. If the Pro Boards win this one, this would be their eighth state level win in a row. We just, we have to stop their momentum.
0: Mm, Yes, and we can. It's possible. And I think this is where we have to prayerfully support this movement of the pro-life movement. Individual people who are fighting, such as Mary Rose, please pray for her and the team there at Created Equal. But we need to get involved. I can get involved from the state of California by signing up to Phone Bank, I hope you will as well wherever you live. And if you live in the state of Ohio, please get out there and start door knocking with a training team they have there through Created Equal, which Mary Rose is heading up there in the state of Ohio right now. She packed up her bag. She's moving. She believes in the fight to abortion. I hope you will do something as well in your time. CreatedEqual.org slash issue one. CreatedEqual.org slash issue one. That's just the number one. We are posting a link to that on social media as well as in the episode. So notes. Mary Rose, thank you for everything you're doing. We'll be right back here on Trending, and we're diving into our Theology of the Body series, talking about purity and piety, some fundamental virtues, along with embracing minimalism. And by the way, these last few months of the year go by so fast, and Advent will be here before we know it. It's actually my favorite season. Do you have a nativity set to place outside your home this Advent and Christmas season? Thanks to a generous donor, we're giving away 200 beautiful hand-painted nativity sets. Each set is valued at over $500 each. Display the true, humble, and profound reason for the season of your family and put it in your neighborhood. Sign up to win a set at relevantradio.com set. Sign it before midnight on October 15th. That's central time. That's relevantradio.com slash set. We're talking about what you're thinking about. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Have a question. The number is 888-914-9149. Received an interesting question. I like this. It's about embracing minimalism. Kim emailed me. I'm a mother of five children, all under the age of six. Praise the Lord. God bless you. It's a lot of work. Should we have our own business out of our home? So we're always at home and some of our space is taken up with just that. Should lately I've had an edge to minimize my life and things. And I know it should happen. However, I feel unfree because of our stuff. Should each piece brings up memories for her and she feels like it might be a missed opportunity if she gets rid of it? Should what I throw out, should I throw out a toy from my six-year-old daughter, who's moved on? What if we have another child in a few years? She said it almost gives her anxiety. She said her husband's all on board with anything, but he doesn't get the same what-ifs that she does. So she's asking for guidance on minimalism. She She says she read the book, A Catholic Guide to Minimalism. I've not read it before, but it sounds like it might be something to check out if you are in the market. Okay, so Kim, here are some thoughts. Minimalism is fundamental. I think it's a virtue. I think that being simplistic, having temperance, prudence, modesty, generosity, these are all key. So, here's, I think, a starting point for me. I very much so believe in what the church teaches this idea and Catholic social teaching of the universal destination of goods. What does that mean? That means that what we have doesn't belong to us, that it's a gift from God, and that we are called to be generous and even sacrificial with the things we have. And so one of my big things is if I'm not using it all the time, if it's a toy, there's just an excess. If it's just a toy that gets picked up by my kid and thrown on the floor, someone else could have that toy and be benefiting from it who wouldn't otherwise be able to afford it. And so I'm all about donating nice clothes, nice toys, even brand new toys. I will make a confession and I know it might upset some people, but I give away brand new toys in the package all the time because I don't need to overclutter my home. I don't need to overly indulge my children. And I just think it's important to have that level of detachment as well. So don't be afraid to give it away. Other people can benefit from what you generously give or from what you work on detaching from, even if it is a used item. Because people shop at thrift stores who can't always afford the same things that you might receive as a gift or be able to purchase on your own. And so I think that that detachment needs to come from both a sense of interior detachment, sometimes from the memories, but also out of a place of generosity as well. It's so important. Now, just because you're generous and donate something or get rid of it doesn't mean that those memories go away. So maybe it sounds like you're a little nostalgic, which is great. Create a memory book. This is something my family has. Maybe there's a great story about a toy or an item that you're holding on to just because you want to remember that memory. My husband and I started a memory book with all kinds of fun things in it, from the fact that my daughter called blueberries baboos for the first year and a half of her life, and it was absolutely adorable, to those funny, cute little moments of laughter with particular toys create a memory book, save the memory, but don't worry about cluttering your home with it. But I also see something else you're saying, Kim, in this whole minimalism, minimalism debate. You have five children under the age of six. You've got a large and growing family. And so there's a little bit of fear of what if I need this again? What if I need this for another child? Just use discernment. I think that's fundamental. Use discernment. Is this maybe a toy that's in excess for a particular age range or is it something that is good for a particular stage of development and I can sock it away. So what I've done with toys is there are particular toys that I've saved based on age range and developmentally that are beneficial and I store them according to the appropriate age and I put them in a box. So I'm constantly transitioning through toys. It's a little bit of the Montessori mindset as well. I'm big on minimalism with toys because kids throw toys around, they don't play with all their toys. And so, I find the fewer things that are out, the more eyes apparent sometimes help play with them or put them where they can actually see it, and not just be buried and throw things around. It's key. So, detach. It'll be less for you to clean up, especially as a mom of five kids under six. Oh, my goodness. I would toss out. <laughs> I know I'm going to shock a lot of people, but I would really clean it up so that your kids can see what they have and it's not as much work for you as well. And again, with being worried about if more children come, if you'll have what you need, toys always come around. Whether through gifts, through people saying, hey, would you like these toys? Don't be afraid to pass what you have along to someone else. I'm sure that what you have in due season, you will receive as well. And sometimes it's okay to go with a little less as well. My mom did something when I was a kid that I thought was horrific as a child, but I get more so now. She actually every so often would just grab a trash bag and say, hey, if you don't clean up your room... I'm throwing things out today. And she would go out and she would actually grab things and throw them away. Well, she would donate them something she would throw away. But I understand now as a parent, just kids collect a lot of junk. We also receive a lot of great gifts, but other people can benefit from them. So trust in God to provide what you need if you do give things away and recognize that that generosity is fundamental for other people to be able to have access when they need you're listening to Trending with Tim Murray here on Relevant Radio. Let's talk theology of the body in a moment here. It's all about virtue. But first, I hope you'll join me. Relevant Radio will be live and in person, me too, with upcoming National Eucharistic Congress. And we're inviting you to join us. Show up for Jesus at this once-in-a-lifetime celebration, July 17th through 21st in Indianapolis check out our travel packages for the Congress at relevantradio.com encounter. That's relevantradio.com encounter. I didn't want to answer a question here. Uh, the question was, when did pharmacies start selling Plan B pills to those of any age without a prescription? So I think on a technical level, you're not supposed to be able to have access to Plan B unless you're under the age, or, sorry, if you're 17 or older you can access plan B you need no prescription but if you're under the age of 17, technically you do need a prescription now Kaiser Family Foundation which does health policy research in 2013 gave access to emergency contraception uh, showed that women of any age are able to obtain plan B over the counter without a prescription. so I really do think this is the law of the land because right now if you're the age of 13, in the United States, pretty much everywhere, you have immediate access to contraception and for free. It's frightening and it's sad. A kid and or a doctor, a physician could ask a parent to leave the room if they want to talk to your kid about contraception. And now in some states, if they want to talk to your kid about gender and if the kid wants you to leave the room as a parent, they can. So here's the deal. Kids have unfettered access to contraception and technically, Plan B, even though it can function both as a contraceptive and it can function as an abortion if that baby has already, already started to develop, if sperm and egg have met. And so, unfortunately, anyone really anyone has access, even minors, to contraception. And the policy, I think really coming out, the research out of Kaiser Family Foundation is that in 2013, that started to be universal access uh, for so-called emergency contraception of Plan B. So great question. I think it's important we are talking about it because I can tell you firsthand from having worked in the crisis pregnancy centers that it's very hard to reach women, both those over 18 and under who are abortion minded or abortion vulnerable because often Even the teenagers are taking plan B over and over again after they have sex because they're trying to avoid having a baby. They know nothing about their bodies, if they're even ovulating or anything. And even though they're both taking hormonal contraception, they're also pummeling themselves with just an absolute nuclear bomb of endocrine disruptors and hormones that are so damaging for their body. So this is an important question because we need to be setting the record straight about the damage of hormonal contraception, plan B, and the reality that it kills a baby. And that's both contraception and plan B. They can kill babies and function as abortifacient. So we'll post a link if maybe you need to learn a little bit more about how contraception also functions as an abortion. I'll have Patrick post that on social media for us. Just follow me at Timree. That's T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. And again, shout out to our stations in Toledo, Ohio and Youngstown, Ohio. If you weren't with me earlier, we are talking talking about issue one. We need a no vote on issue one to prevent a state constitutional amendment to give unfettered access to abortion through all nine months of woman's pregnancy. And it also would get rid of parents' rights, allowing for minors to have abortions, cross-sex hormones, puberty blockers, and even bodily mutilation surgery with so-called sex changes. You're listening to Trending with Timmering here on Relevant Radio. Let's talk about theology of the body. This is the antidote to what's happening in culture. We talk about abortion, gender ideology. This is what we need to hear. I was actually texting a friend earlier and sending her some quotes from the Theology of the Body section I'm in right now, and she said, every time I read Pope St. John Paul II, it is like a examination of conscience. It's a kick in the gut, and I agree. Pope St. John Paul II right now is focusing on purity and reverence. And I know that my generation, maybe yours too, always kind of looked at purity as this icky word. And I really appreciate diving into Pope St. John Paul II's work because it helps us to understand that purity is at the core of what we are called to in the sense of integrity and faith. So Pope St. John Paul II says, purity must take root in the will, in the very foundation of the man's conscience and acting. So he's saying that purity needs to take root in our will, what we will to do. It needs to be foundational to the way we think and the way we act. He says purity addresses our power of sense and desire. So it influences and addresses those things we desire and those senses that we have and how we respond to them. He says this must be mastered. In fact, First Thessalonians chapter 4 emphasizes the importance of being masters of our bodies. In First Thessalonians chapter 4, St. Paul says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from unchastity, that each of you knows how to keep his own body with holiness and reverence. I love that statement, that God wants us to be sanctified, to be with him. But we need to do this by keeping our own bodies with holiness and reverence. So how does this... How does this play out? The scripture is peppered with helping us to understand why the body matters, and it starts with purity. Purity is part of the virtue of temperance. It Im- it influences our inclinations and those things that we're attached to. Because let's be honest, we're attached to things we shouldn't be. Fundamentally, it's about keeping our bodies in a responsible way, and it's possible. This is what I love about St. Pope John Paul II. He believed that we could be saints, not just after we die and arrive in heaven, but here and now on earth. We can live in a state of grace, honoring our bodies just as the saints did before us. In Theology of the Body, Talk 54, he comments on reverence for the body and how through a sense of reverence, giving that deference, that honor to the male dimension of the body and the female dimension of the body, that this is essential for keeping our bodies in holiness that we honor, love, and know what is male and what is female. We need to embrace it and not reject it. Seek after what is other in the other person. When people are dating, we love what is different about the person of the opposite sex. And then it seems as if once we get married, suddenly we hate all of those nuances that personify many of the differences. We have to continue to value the mystery and even the discomfort and differences of people of the opposite sex, and even our own as we get to know our own bodies. Pope St. John Paul II talked a lot about harmony in the body and heart and how we need to dive into this harmony in our innermost being. He says the harmony of the heart corresponds to the objective harmony that the Creator gave to the human body. In fact, in commenting on this, Pope St. John Paul II says that St. Paul says this is where we are meant to give great care. This is why. Because God desires this harmony of body and soul, this sense of integrity in our innermost being. This is why we're meant to give reverence toward our body. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, St. Paul says, "Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, within which, within you which you have from God. You are not your own, you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body." You see, the reason for us to give reverence to our body is because our bodies are a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Even just think about this from the perspective that we receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. Jesus bought our bodies back from being eternally damned. We don't think enough about the reality of hell. God separating the sheep from the goats. That there will be a judgment. You see, when Pope St. John Paul II is pointing to the need for purity and reverence, it's all about seeing the value of our bodies, that it has dignity, worth. Understanding the redemptive dimension that even in our fallen inclinations, our sinfulness, our disordered desires, through the grace of God, life with him is possible. As Pope St. John Paul II believed, we can be saints here and now. I love that. It's inspiring. I can have a better dynamic in my relationships and my understanding of the broken world and my own brokenness by focusing on the gift of grace in my life and that indwelling of the Holy Spirit. This is why we need two virtues, purity, which is part of temperance, and reverence, that's part of piety. Piety is a gift of the Holy Spirit, one of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, and temperance, which is where purity falls under, is one of the four cardinal virtues. I love it because we can both seek toward them as virtues with effort, but, but also appeal to God for this grace. This is what happens when Jesus Christ sacrifices himself on the cross for us. He infuses us with the grace possible by the sacraments to live out that life of sanctifying grace so that we can be with him in heaven. But we have to have a sense of reverence for ourselves, others reverence for the differences between men and women as pope saint john paul ii points to and a value of that uniqueness in first corinthians chapter six saint paul says you do not belong to yourselves you are a temple of the holy spirit this is something we should write down memorize do not do you not know that your body is a temple of the holy spirit within you which you have from god you are not your own you were bought with a price so glorify god in your body we are made for redemption. It's through redemption each of us receives our body as new from God. Pope St. John Paul II points to how we receive this new dignity that's inscribed by Christ, that through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, we see a glimpse, that experience of an already not yet, of the resurrection of the body and life with him. All of this is made possible through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Now, I think sometimes people think that Catholicism is all about making you feel guilty for what Jesus did for you. And so therefore, out of guilt, you should respond in kind. Don't respond out of guilt. What Jesus did was out of love and sacrifice. So out of gratitude, love, reverence, and purity, that's our proper response what Jesus did. We want to live with him. So we joyfully sacrifice to be with him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, St. Paul writes, The body is not for unchastity, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. In other words, we are God's chosen part. He sets us apart for, him, for himself. That's why St. Paul talks about becoming a living offering. St. Paul talks about being a temple of the Holy Spirit. Pope St. John Paul II comments on this, saying, It is difficult to express more concisely what the mystery of the incarnation implies for every believer, what Pope Saint John Paul II is saying is that I can't be more clear. Do you understand that the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is within you? That God sacrifices life for you so that you could be His. That our body is made for Him. Pope Saint John Paul II goes on to say, the redemption of the body brings with it the establishment in Christ and for Christ of a new measure of the holiness of the body. In other words. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, St. Paul says, keep one's own body with holiness and reverence. He says, therefore, in Corinthians, glorify God in your body. Pope St. John Paul II, this is food for thought. What he's calling us to, what sacred scripture says is the antithesis of the culture. It says sex doesn't matter. Sow your wild oats. It's okay. It won't matter later on. Contraception, abortion are fine. So is unchastity. No, the theology of the body is all about understanding the gift that God's given us and the gift of our body in setting our bodies apart in holiness and reverence for God himself. Pope St. John Paul II says purity is the glory of the human body before God. He says it is the glory of God in the human body through which masculinity and and femininity are manifested. He's establishing this as an anthropology the anthropology we should follow. He says this permeates every sphere of our common life between human beings. It allows us to live in simplicity, a depth of relationship that shows authenticity and deep personal trust. Who doesn't want to have a deep, authentic, simple relationship permeated with trust and authenticity? This is what's possible when we live out this purity of the body and reverence for the body. This is the anthropology that Pope St. John Paul II is establishing, growing the roots of virtue in our lives so that it can penetrate the depth of what we're called to, and that is life with God, the resurrection of the body. It's all about our eternal happiness and life with Christ in heaven. This is what the Theology of the Body series is about. I hope you'll continue to join me in this series. This is Tim Ray from Trending with Tim Ray Wednesday, I'll be joined by Sister Tina Alfieri for Ask a Nun Hour on Trending. She's a spiritual director at Hermit and Nun and an addiction specialist, a therapist. And she is great at helping us spruce up our prayer life, modify our behavior, getting rid of bad habits, and let's be frank, actual sin from our lives. So join me for Ask a Nun on Trending, 6 p.m. Central on Relevant Radio or the Relevant Radio app.